It's so great to see all of you here today, and if it is your first time with us, a big warm welcome to you as well. Um, as Helen has mentioned, my name is Leah, and I head up our youth work here. Whoop, whoop. I think most of you youth are in bed. I was going to do a shout. If you're part to find youth, give us a whoop. But you get silence, so we're probably all asleep. Um, but yeah, from the video, as you've seen today, I will be talking about peace and patience. And when I first heard that, you know, over the summer we were going to do the fruits of the Spirit, I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll get, like, joy, because I spoke a little bit about joy at Christmas. It could be a joy part two. No, I got given peace and patience, and uh, when I found that one out, I laughed. And I laughed so much, because I thought, great, two things I don't have. How do I speak about this? But little did I know, um, God was starting to do a work on me, actually, this summer. Um, all about um, peace and mainly patience, but um, I'll kind of talk about how peace ties into that a little bit later on. Um, this is going to be the smartest I've ever sounded for at least 20 seconds. Bear with me. Um, to get started, I thought it would be good to get a little bit of an understanding on what, on what each thing is. So yeah, as I said, it's going to sound very smart. Quite a few big words in there. Well, I know what they mean. That's up to you. So peace. The definition of peace is confidence and rest in the wisdom and sovereignty of God more than your own. And the opposite of that is anxiety and worry. And the counterfeit, big word there, is um, indifference, um, apathy, not caring about something. I don't care. And then patience is the ability to take trouble from others or life without blowing, to suffer joyfully. And the opposite of that is resentment towards God and others. And the counterfeit of that is cynicism, big word, self-righteousness. This is too small to be bothered about. So how does that kind of tie in with what I've done this summer? This summer for me has been a summer like no other. Um, I did two summer camps with basically four days in between them. So I'm quite tired. Um, my voice is nearly coming back. Lucky for you guys, here we are. Um, and basically at those two camps, I will say that my patience was tested. Quite a bit. So the first camp was two weeks in Portugal called Camp Sunshine. And that is working with an international church over there to put on a kids and youth camp um, from a children from a wide range of background, uh, yeah, different backgrounds. Hopefully there's a picture of it will come up. This is all the leaders that were there. Before I kind of go into kind of what children we were catering for, we're going to play a game of Where's Wally, but it's Where's Leah. Just because I know you'll be trying to look while I'm trying to tell you about the camp. So I'll just give two seconds. Look for the milk bottle legs, and there we are. That will be me along the front um, there next to a girl who was very, very tanned, and I asked her, could she move? Um, she didn't, but here we are. So this is Camp Sunshine, and basically we worked with kids and youth from a wide variety of backgrounds. So um, we had kids uh, who were orphans, those who were brought in from Salvation Army, and also um, kids who had very rich parents. And the one thing that had, they all had in common was just they wanted love and attention. And I can guarantee they definitely got that when they came. And during those two weeks, uh, we were teaching them about Jesus and how they are a priceless treasure and a child of God. And I forgot to put it on today because I'm silly, but we were given a, a white wristband and it says child of God in, in English and also in Portuguese, which is filo de Deus. That's the only Portuguese I know, apart from Eschfish, which is your cool. And I went around for two weeks just saying Eschfish to everyone who I saw. Um, so, yeah, that is basically we showed them that they were a child of God. 
Then I came home, was here for four days, and then I went off to Peterborough at New Wine at United Week B, helping out the youth team there called Luminosity. What a cool group of people. And again, we just saw God really move in that week as well. And I've never been camping before, so staying in a tent was very interesting for me. Again, a test of my patience. Here we are. Um, so I'm not saying that from these two places, I've, I've cracked having peace and patience. Like, yeah, I've got it now. Done the two weeks. Like, I know what it is. Trust me, it's still a work in progress. Um, but through the experiences that I've been through, um, I've started to develop a change in mindset, which has helped me a lot. And I would love to share it with you quickly this morning. Um, so I'm going to talk about Camp Sunshine which was um, a real test for me. Um, it had been something that I wanted to do since 2020. Um, and yeah, so it was a long-awaited thing. Um, I was heading out there not knowing anyone. I was the only person from England on the team. Everybody else was from Northern Ireland, or they were Portuguese. Um, and I wasn't entirely sure how intense it was going to be. I was tired. It was too warm working in 40-degree heat. Every single day, we were outside for most of the day. Literally had no private time because we were with the kids 24-7. And I was sleeping on a little mattress on the floor, which I took a picture of, uh, which hopefully you will see. This was my bed for two weeks, a mattress on the floor. It's okay, I'll accept all your prayers later on. Um, and yeah, it, my tolerance levels with all of that combined were not the best. Um, especially towards kind of the end of that first week. Um, and the group of girls who I had to look after um, in my room were quite the challenge from day one. Um, they were all English speaking as their parents had moved over there um, for work and they've kind of grown up, but they have English accents, but they can speak Portuguese as well. It's very impressive. And um, there, literally like there was a point where I would ring my mum and I'd tell her about how some of these girls were. Parents of teens and tweens, there's a course going on. Just a little plug in there. I don't know how you do it. I just think parents in general, like, you know, props to you, it's great. But when I would tell my mum and dad kind of my little frustrations of the day, they would just laugh and say, oh, you're getting a taste of your own medicine. Um, to which, when I came home, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, here we are. Um, but there was this one girl in particular um, I will call her Beth, that's not her real name, um, but she would not crack a smile the whole week that she was there. She, um, yeah, however hard I tried to get her involved, to ask her if she was okay, I even asked her, what would make this the best week for you? Nothing. Nothing. It was just a cold reception, no answer. And basically, she would just snap at people doing the littlest things and also at myself. And this was a girl who wanted help but was struggling to receive that help. And the tiredness in me as the days went on just really wanted to snap back at her. And um, I did fail a little bit. So there was one night, it was far too warm. I spent about four days with this constant attitude. So I was getting quite tired of it, and um, I'm trying to put the, the girls to sleep. My patience is wearing quite thin, because I, I literally got to a point where I was like, girls, whoever gets to sleep the quickest, I will buy you some from the tuck shop. Please just sleep. So you can tell that my patience was getting a little bit tested. And basically put the aircon on, and it was still really, really warm. 
And this girl, Beth, was complaining, it's too hot, I can't sleep. So I just said, like, oh, I know, but you, you really need to try. You know, we've had really big days up until now. We've got another full-on day. We're going to a theme park tomorrow. Like, it's a big day. You really need to get some sleep. Again, it's too hot. I can't sleep. So then I was saying, oh, well, you know, I have put the aircon on for you. Like, that's all we can do. It's on. You're just going to have to try. I can't go to sleep. You need to do something. I've never heard about this before. I thought, whoa, here we are. So... My last calm comment was, if I could make it colder in here, I would. But I can't. Parents, can you relate? If you could, you would, but you can't. So therefore, please, can you just try and get to sleep? And she said, I can't sleep. I won't sleep. I, I kind of lost my patience. And I went, fine, Beth, do whatever you want. Like, just do it. I'm not bothered if you don't get any sleep, but don't come crying to me when you're tired in the morning. Here we are. And basically, um, yeah, I lost my patience. And there was even one point, like the next day, where the attitude still got on, and I you know, spoke to her in a very nice way about it, and she stopped speaking to me. That was it. She never spoke to me in the first place. I was lucky to get one word out, but she would completely blank me. Um, and all I did that night was cry, because I knew that I had failed as a leader. I lost my patience, and... Yeah, I was really, really upset. And a friend had seen that I was upset, and she's called Shannon, and she came and prayed with me, and she said this one thing that really, really stuck with me. And she said, we've taken it to God, we've prayed, try and move on, because if we continue to talk about her, we start to tear her down, and we don't want to do that. And that completely changed my mindset on a lot of things. And so how many times do we take things to God but continue to talk about the issue of a person that is causing us to lose our patience? Peace and patience, when I was kind of like praying over what to speak about and how it works, God revealed to me that peace and patience work hand in hand. So if you have peace, you will find that your patience is really good. And if you are patient, you will find that you are at peace. I lost my patience with Beth, which resulted in me feeling unsettled and so far from being peaceful. And I then discovered that this also works with the other fruits. So when you are at peace and are patient, you treat other people with kindness, you love them, you're gentle, and you have self-control, and so on. And if we lack in one of the fruits, then the rest suffer. So to kind of back this up with scripture a little bit, um, this is a, a passage that gets read at weddings quite a lot. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So how do we find peace and patience? Through God. Take everything to God. Do you think that God has lost his patience with us? So as, as humans, we do lots of things that would make other people go mad. But God loves us unconditionally. Yes, there are things that anger him, and the Bible warns us off doing those things. But does that mean that we are too far gone and that he's lost patience with us? No, it doesn't. And so uh, just another passage of scripture, which I will read super quickly, 
just to kind of wrap this up, um, it is Romans 8, 31 to 38. And it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or nor depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I could have easily have continued letting Beth get to me and complain to the other leaders about every little thing she did. But after, pray, after I'd prayed about it, but I decided the next morning, even though I knew she wasn't talking to me or just completely blanking me, to start fresh and to finish that week well knowing that I had tried. I woke up the next day more peaceful about the situation. Um, even when she walked past me in the morning when I said, good morning, and I got nothing, um, I still decided to try. I treated her like I did the other children, and I tried to love her like God loves her. And when the group arrived for the next week, this is where God really has a sense of humor. So these kids had left. We get a new group in, and the first person I speak to is Beth's best friend. How I've literally, I just started laughing. I thought it was really funny. Um, anyway, that's that. And uh, the piece of advice that was given to us as leaders by the man who founded Camp Sunshine called Glenn was that it's not about us. It's not about you. And he reminded me of the word joy, where it's Jesus, others, yourself. I don't know if anybody else has heard of that. Um, and basically, yeah, it's not about you. As plain and as blunt as that. Um, so take whatever it is that is unsettling you, the person of a thing that makes you impatient, and take it to the Lord and just leave it there. And let him work in your heart so that you can easily carry out the other fruits without anything else holding you back. Amen.